if you think that you're gonna go and accomplish something really special. You know, eight hour. Yes, I get up at crazy hours, whether it's three o'clock in the morning. Snowflakes melt under pressure. Yes, I get up at crazy hours, Sometimes what seems like motivation can be detrimental. With an overwhelming amount of motivational gurus and self-help businessmen populating the media around us, those that may feel like they have some entrepreneurial spirit can be deterred from pursuing it. Obviously, building something successful requires hard work, but everyone's definition of success differs. Welcome to season two of the Commute to Class by the Blackstone Launchpad at Syracuse University. My name is Jack Lyons, and I will be exploring the uncovered sides of entrepreneurship. Failing, burning out, loss of motivation, entrepreneurship, with the goal to make an idea of starting a business not some scary beast, but rather something fun and passion-fueled. This week I sit down with Salim Dangor, founder of Munch Jerky, a company selling tender beef jerky made from flank steak that is all-natural and gluten-free. We sit down to discuss how to recalibrate after your passion is taken away from you, the power of food, and how Salim stays motivated. What would you say, like, growing up, you grew up in New York City, like, talk a little bit about your background and maybe where you think a entrepreneurial slash creative spark came from? Yeah, um, that's a good question. So I grew up in New York City. I have four older sisters, uh, three of which were all living at home when I was growing up. And uh, that definitely influenced me a lot. I went to an all boys middle school, uh, which was a very fun time. We were like the most ridiculous little like sixth graders you'd ever see. We were fucking demons. And then I guess what really happened is I went to this boarding school on freshman sophomore year it was a fantastic school i was very lucky to get the opportunity to go there i just wasn't the right fit for me though like it was the Mm -hmm. same robotic schedule like monday through saturday we had classes on saturday i just like i i like really just never uh adapted into that and i guess it kind of that made me a bit of a rebel uh just Mm -hmm. being told what to do all the time i just sort of naturally started to do what they told me i shouldn't do and uh yeah after that um that's when i think i sort of really started to be actually like look at entrepreneurship and become more fascinated but uh by by what you can do as a business owner you know just following your passions mm-hmm. you can kind of be a rebel i guess only the rules you have to follow is your own yeah. um but so i was reading that like you were pretty involved in like sports and athletics in high school and that was kind of like um a big like passion point for you but then you said that you you know experienced some injuries some concussions and that kind of derailed that yeah what was talk about that like time in your life like what was your mindset like were you um distraught a little bit that that was happening and how how difficult was it for, for sure. you to f- find that like making and cooking food was like something that you had a passion for so um yeah, I really got into sports actually right after I left boarding school. I played sports there, but I wasn't that serious about it. Uh, and then when I went to high school and back in the city again, 
uh, I got really into lacrosse and thought I wanted to play lacrosse in college. So I would like literally, I just like dedicated myself to that, like a hundred percent. And, uh, in the February, in February of my junior year, I got my fourth concussion and it was a pretty gnarly one. I was out. Of, it was like just playing ice hockey uh, for my high school. Mm-hmm. I was out of school for like well over a month initially. And then I got like setbacks down the line, just uh, still from that first concussion. I hop out of that for a little bit. So that was definitely pretty uh, like, I don't know what the word is, um, especially ha- after having left boarding school the year prior. And like, that's what I set my sights on. I, it just felt like that kind of got uh, ripped away a little bit. So then I hung up like my skates and my lacrosse stick uh, and was like pretty bored for a little while. I remember that mm-hmm. for sure. And luckily, I, you know, was sitting next to this kid in math class named Jared Kimmel. Shout out, Jared. Huge <laughs> homie. Still my dog to this day. Uh, we would always kind of just shoot the shit during class. And we both loved food. So like... I think it must have been April of our junior year. We started this segment uh, for our school's television club called Out to Lunch. And like <laughs> we would just go around the like restaurants in the neighborhood, just like get the top rated item and like just review it. And it would be like these restaurants with these really strong Columbia prep cult followings. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was really where I first got into like any kind of food ah eh. it was like that was like for me the real first moment that uh i felt like doing something different was a lot of fun mm-hmm. and uh yeah no we're still very close to this day we uh got a, a bunch of reviews on our videos including one where we went to buffalo wild wings and took on the blazing <laughs> challenge wow that, that video was electric if i could I, i'll have that. to watch it yeah sounds electric <laughs> what um like was food like a big part of your home life like growing up and your family was that something that was like kind of at the back of your mind or was it a completely like newfound kind of passion that you had so it wasn't as much like it was huge in my family um it was more so something i'd always gravitated towards i don't know why i think uh growing up with a bunch of older sisters where like you know, they were all very close in age. They'd get into a lot of fights and like, uh, we're all still very close, but like, especially as teenagers. So I, I just think like growing up, one of the things that I like could always somewhat control was just like my food <laughs> in a weird way. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and so that's, I always loved food in the seventh grade. I uh, was tasked by my English teacher to write an essay on the most important person in my life. And I couldn't choose either of my parents. So I decided to write it on a Chipotle burrito. Oh, wow. Very creative. I got an A minus. I, I took that one to the bank. Yeah. <laughs> That's huge. That's huge. That's awesome. So maybe, so like you said, you were kind of bored for a while. I'm just curious, like, so I feel like, you know, as we're kind of young people, discovering your passion is kind of a big I guess buzz phrase that mm-hmm. this time period of your life is supposed to kind of encapsulate. Yeah. Um, were you like stressed out or nervous? Like after like you had completely dedicated yourself to sports and then that thing is kind of like taken away from you. Was, what was that like mentally? Yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty scary to be honest. It was kind of 
like a mini identity crisis too because i had like i literally only played lacrosse and like i played hockey for my high school but like lacrosse is where i you know dedicated myself for a little bit i honestly wasn't even that good like i was nowhere even close to like going d1 but mm-hmm. um but you loved it yeah i loved it like it was a lot of fun i liked to grind a lot and uh yeah so that was kind of tough and uh you know, you're right. Like we do feel this, uh, like pressure to almost like find our passions, especially earlier on. Um, so like jerky wasn't actually the first thing I tried to do in the meat space. I, uh, my junior year, like, I think around in May, I started, I spent a lot of time growing up in Sweden. My dad has family there. And, uh, there was this really nice Swedish delicacy. Um, I don't know if I want to give a too much about it just because it might get, I still want to do this at some point. All right, fuck it. It's uh Swedish hot dogs. Um, so I don't know if you've been to New York city, the, uh, culture around hot dogs there is like, all right, you're on, you're going to central park. There's like a line of vendors on like fifth Avenue. You'll get a hot dog, but you know what you're getting. You're not really expecting that much. You don't know where the meat's coming from, but you're also not that worried about it. In Sweden, in Stockholm, instead of like food carts, they've got kiosks. And at these kiosks, they would sell these really good hot dogs, like really good. 50% pork, 50% beef, like incredible. And uh, I don't know exactly what the difference was, whether it was what they feeded, what what they fed their cows or, you know, it, 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 it's like just something that's like completely changed my perception about what a hot dog tastes like. And so I uh, found out who made my favorite hot dogs, called them. It's like, hot, like obviously not saying as a high school kid, but I was just like, hi, like my name's Liam Dangor, calling on behalf of this company. And uh, I really want to import your hot dogs into the U.S. They were a little hesitant at first because it's a very difficult thing to do. There's like, uh, I, w- I won't get into all the legal jargon, but um. Basically, I ended up getting this company to send me three different rounds of uh, free samples of hot dogs. The first one got sent at, sent back at the border because there's no prior notice on it. Um, second one got sent back at, at the border for another reason. Third one got sent back at the border for yet another reason. And then after that, I spoke with a lawyer who specialized in like food import and export. And he was like, yeah, uh, there's going to be a lot of legal work that needs to be done before you can even get the first dog into the United States. So I was like, all right, how much would that cost me? And he said 15 grand. And I was like, all right, no chance. So I walked away from that. Uh, Yeah. And then, so then how did you get, when did you figure out that jerky was the answer? That's, that's the way you wanted to go. Yeah. Uh, so over quarantine, I was living with my sister and her then boyfriend at the time in like the central New York area, kind of Hudson Valley. I don't even really know where I was, to be honest, (laughs) but, uh, I was super bored all the time, like incredibly bored. Um, I didn't have my driver's license, so I was a little bit limited. Like I'd go for walks around the neighborhood and runs, but like, I'd really just wait around all day for my sister's then boyfriend to get off work. And whenever he get off work, we'd go hit the golf course. And at this golf course, they had this pro shop 
and they sold this really, really good beef jerky, like in very good beef jerky. Uh, and I just became obsessed with it. Like it became a thing. Like every day it was like golf and jerky, golf and jerky. And uh, I was like, I initially was like, dude, like these guys need to sell this jerky, man. They don't know what they're sitting on here. It's a pot of gold. Like, let me like, I was like, you know what? Like it would be a great, I, I love Joe Rogan. So I was like, why don't we just call it like Joe Rogan jerky and like get him to like plug it on his pocket, like ridiculous stuff. Uh, and then my sister's boyfriend was like, why don't you just basically make it yourself? And then uh, I was like, I kind of took that as a challenge. I was like, all right, yeah, like I will. And then just spent like a bunch of time making beef jerky, like a concerning amount of time making beef jerky. And I got to the point where now I don't even think that the jerky at the golf station holds a candle to uh, what Munch Jerky has. Dude, that that's awesome. I love how, you know, me typical, uh, I love food, but I don't have quite the ambition as you. I'll, if I taste something good, I'm just like, oh, this is great. Maybe I'll leave like a nice Yelp review. You're like, <laughs> let me start a business out of this. That's just super impressive. Thanks, um, man. Where do you, it seems like you, when you find your, your thing, you just like really dedicate yourself to, to it. Like For sure. I was reading that you spent like, you ten, like, like 10 or 15 trials of your jerky flavors to like find something that you're happy with. What, like, where does that come from? Where does that fuel come from? Um, I have no idea. I think honestly, I'll, I'll, uh, give a lot of credit to my mom she's also kind of like similar in, in that way I guess like when she gets a little hobby or something like or whatever it is like she gets like she goes like a hundred ten percent into that thing and so growing up I like I, I am still super close with my mom but growing up I spent a lot of time around her and I guess just like seeing the way she she would do things you know really rubbed off on me that's awesome that's super cool um I'm curious. So you come to Syracuse, right? And you have this like uh, kind of culinary background, but you major in advertising. Like, why advertising? Why creative advertising? I, I, you're also doing Triple E, but just yeah. curious what why that part of your degree. Um, so I've always like uh, had an interest in advertising. Like, I remember seeing the first Manscaped ad on like Instagram when I was, uh, I must've been, yeah, I think I was a junior in high school, maybe a sophomore. And I was like, dude, what these guys are doing is sick. Like, like I wanted to go out and buy Manscaped just by seeing the ad and like Dollar Shave Clubs, like, I don't know, like 60, 90 second advert. Like what is Dollar Shave Club? Like that thing, freaking loved it. Like, I, I just think, you know, I don't have the- uh... You love grooming products. <laughs> 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 no, yeah, but uh no i think uh i've just kind of always loved humor and think mm -hmm. that advertising is a really great way to uh express that and express yourself especially if you don't have the capacity to be a screenwriter <laughs> yeah totally and it's a because i'm an advertising major as well i would it's like a good intersection i would say of like art and business which totally agree and like being creative so it's definitely an interesting field um and so how did you get involved you come to syracuse like how did you get involved with the launch pad oh yeah no that's actually a funny story 
Um, I remember it was this idea X competition last fall. And uh, I was like super nervous about competing in it uh, because that's also making jer- jerky in like my friend's apartments and like eventually in my dorm room. But uh, I was like, this probably isn't kosher. I don't know what the launch pad would think if they heard just like I'm, I'm making jerky wherever. Like, I don't know if that's chill or not. And um, anyways, like I spoke to my mom about it because I was like, yeah, like I'm super nervous. I was like making all these excuses for me just not to go. And like, ev- like all my whole family was like, Salim, like you'd be like an idiot not to at least like take the opportunity. And I was like, yeah, you guys are probably right. So I went and uh, had a lot of fun pitching. It was a 60 second pitch. It was my introduction to pitching. And uh, I didn't win. And I remember that I didn't win. And I remember who I lost to. Um, and after that, I applied to Q's Tank and Orange Tank, both of which I also didn't win. And I still do remember who beat me. Um, and then after that, uh, Linda Dickerson Hardsock, actually, after um, maybe getting word that there is like a food company or something in the launch pad reached out to me over winter break and asked if I wanted to compete in the Hulk prize, which was uh, that year, like very food focused. And I was like, yeah, sure. Also didn't win. Uh, and I think, yeah, all in all was that four or five. I don't know. But like that, that uh, getting those opportunities and also I think not winning early was very important. Uh, and then I ended up taking Linda's triple E 400 class, uh, which is, I highly recommend it to anyone. If you have a business or, you know, or a triple E major, if you can take the class, take the class. Uh, that was, we met like once a week, a couple hours, and it was like a deep dive into your business. Like, what are you doing? How are you going to get from point A to point B? Like, I really took it from like a dorm room hobby to like, something like a little bit more legitimate throughout that class um and then obviously like throughout that time there was covid so i you know wasn't really able to go into the physical launch pad in in bird library um but then at the start of this year like you know obviously things have changed a little bit and i begun going in like a lot more frequently and i'm in there like every day there's a great uh, group of guys and girls in there um yeah yeah, that's awesome. Very, very supportive group of people. Um, when you say like uh, at the beginning, like those kind of failures that you had, how how important do you think that was into developing the way Munch Jerky is now? Oh, the, like the some of the extremely important, like yeah. really, really important. Um, so the way it went was like I participated in that Idea X competition, didn't win. And then Q's tank came around uh, and in Q's tank, I freaking like made the biggest fool of myself like possible. Like I had this product judge um, who's a great person, really great person. But when she saw me as a product, she's like, what are you going to need to put on your package to show that like your shelf stable? And I literally had no idea what she was talking about. Like put my head in my hands, like fucking excuse me, got obliterated like, <laughs> like uh, by the judges. Um, and 
I remember I was already signed up for Orange Tank, which was like about a week after Q's Tank that year. And I was like speaking to one of my sisters. I was like, I think I should just like kind of throw in the towel here. Like, I really don't think like, I like I was like pretty like not shook up after that, but I was like, damn, like I am in for like a rude awakening. Uh, and then she was like, she just like pretty much told me to keep going. Like, you know, there's no reason why you should stop like at all. And I was like, yeah, you're probably right. So then Orange Tank came around and I was like, all right, like I'm going to murder this, right? And then I like knew my pitch backwards and forwards. Like I did everything I possibly could at that stage in time to like make me the most competitive pitcher possible. And again, I didn't win. There were four student teams. Three of them got prizes. I was the fourth who didn't. And that like lit an even bigger fire under my belly. Uh, and now um, I'm really happy to say that I have won a couple of pitch competitions. Uh, and I've, you know, gone a couple of grants. I did a national fellowship last summer. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, I don't think any of that, like, seriously would have happened without those early slaps in the face. Mm-hmm. Totally. I guess as a, as a question to wrap up here, what is your... What's the current state of Munch Jerky and what is kind of your looking down the line? What's your future plan for growth right now? Okay, for sure. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, we got our first round of samples in from our uh, manufacturer in California. And it slaps. Like, it's really, really good. Uh, we might be doing one more round of samples just uh, to see if we can do a slight tweak. Although recently, I'm not even so sure that tweak is uh, necessary. Um, but we're launching next semester. So by January, we're going to get our, our first full production run in, um, which is, you know, a little less than a thousand units of jerky. And we're just going to hit the ground running. I'm, you know, I'm going to be just selling it all over campus. I'll have like folding tables, like a point of sale system, um, pending, uh, a couple of things. Like we're most likely going to launch our e-commerce shop as well. And it'll be live the whole, like 24 seven. And then, um, yeah, I'm like looking at partnerships or early distribution as well. I don't want to name too much at this moment just because I also don't want to jinx it. And I don't want to, mm-hmm. you know, throw someone else's name out there without their consent. Um, but yeah, and in the future, like way down the line, I hope we can be one of the most recognizable snack brands in the country. That'd be the ultimate goal. Wow. I feel like I'm I'm talking to MJ in the last dance, just the... The, the competitive fire you can just you can feel it through the screen yeah, uh, no, thank you salim my man i appreciate you talking with me thanks for having me on jack it's my pleasure all right have a good one man peace out this podcast was produced by me jack lyons music was created by connor johnson cover art was created by jackson sephora the commute to class podcast is brought to you by the blackstone launch pad at syracuse university libraries